Presented by Kamiuk Ukulele Magazine, this is Ukulele Stories. This episode is brought to you by the Andrew Molina Ukulele Academy. Hey, do you want to evolve as a ukulele player? Andrew Molina is here to show you how. Having developed his musical abilities over 16 years, the Hawaiian virtuoso is on a mission to reinvent the way the instrument is taught. At the Andrew Molina Ukulele Academy, you'll learn how to work smarter, not harder, so you can improvise better, elevate your fretboard confidence, train your ear, and get the most out of your playing, regardless of your current skill level. There are three membership tiers, Basic, Elite, and Prestige, and the monthly online subscription comes with a 10-day money-back guarantee for total peace of mind. Head to andrewmolinaukulele.com today and meet your new ukulele life coach. Aloha and welcome to another episode of Ukulele Stories. My name's Cameron Murray. Maui-based Andrew Molina is one of the uke world's brightest young stars. His debut album, 2013's The Beginning, was a finalist in the Ukulele Album of the Year category at the Nahoku Hanohano Awards, Hawaii's version of the Grammys. He's since released two more critically acclaimed records, and recently launched an online school called the Andrew Molina Ukulele Academy. Aside from being an incredibly talented musician, he's an incredibly nice guy, and we always have fun chatting. Without any further ado, here he is. Hey Andrew, how's it going? Hey Cameron, how's it going man? It's been a while, but good to see you. It has been a while, especially since we've seen each other in person. All right, well, yeah, thanks very much for, for joining me here. Um, I've been wanting to speak to you for a long time, so it's great to finally get you on the pod. I've been busy myself. Um, uh, I got a podcast as well, but it's nice to be on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sometimes easier, but uh, it's also sometimes harder answering, answering the questions, I find. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, great. Well, let's uh, let's go back to the beginning of your ukulele journey. Let's uh, delve right in. So you started playing at 13, right? Correct, correct. And, um, you know, my ukulele is very, very, it's super common, very popular. Almost everybody or every family has at least an old ukulele from like their grandma or something like that. So my grandma had one in her closet. And one day my friend just came over just like, hey, you want to jam? And I was like, can you teach me? And so he taught me a couple songs and it kind of started this little, oh, this is a little hobby here and there. That's kind of all it was until maybe four months. And then that's when I heard Jake Shimabukuro play. And I was just like, whoa. And I was like, the ukulele just jumped into this new realm. Before that, it was just, you know, it was just the ukulele, you know, super, just like I said, super common and playing only one genre of music. But after seeing Jake play like, you know, Latin, you know, he does so many different genres, jelly weeps. I was like, you know, I want to do that when I grow up. And <laughs> I started pursuing this, um, this new way to play the ukulele. And man, I would put so many hours into the ukulele. Sometimes like three hours a day, you know, during school as well. I was hooked. And um, at the time, there was no YouTube, so I pretty much had to replay the CD player <laughs> to, to re-listen to the <laughs> song. So it was a lot tougher back then. What's the first tune you ever learned to play? The first song itself, I believe it was, um, you know, it could have been, I think it was some, not some over the rainbow. It was a song called Honey Baby. It was a mm. local song by 3 Plus here in Hawaii and all the kids was playing it so that's just like a, one of the staples you learn here in Hawaii it was only strumming there was, 
yeah, there were songs that were either picking or strumming. They like they weren't together kind of thing. So even I found that when I first went to to Hawaii because I I learned to play kind of the the British style of just all strumming. And then when I went to Hawaii and people were picking, it just blew my mind. And I was like, what? I need to get into this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, I remember strumming, yeah, strumming usually learn first, and then it's just like, okay, let's pick, it's like another thing, but putting them together is another thing, but it's, it's so much fun. It is, it really is. And how influential has your dad, Jay, been on your musical journey so far? Because he's a great musician himself. Oh, for sure, you know, my dad's so musical, and, you know, he's been a lifelong musician since the age, I think it was of 12. He, he learned from my grandpa, actually, which my grandpa actually was in a big band in uh, Hawaii with his eight brothers called the Molina Orchestra. So it kind of is in the genes in a way. And when my dad was a kid, he learned bass. And then, um, you know, I would see him when I was a little kid, you know, I would see him go to work because, you know, that's that's his job here. He's a musician. He used to work at the Luau. He, he was in a couple bands here. So I would always see him with his bass, but I never, until the point where my friend brought that ukulele, I never did learn music or anything like that. But I think once he saw me pick it up and took it seriously, then he got excited because then he's like, okay, let's go, let's go get you a kamaka. <laughs> and so I was really thrilled. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was the year after I graduated in 2000, it was around 2011-ish, where we actually started playing together a little bit and we started working um under the banyan tree here on maui for like six hours it was a long gig so do you think in those early days was he trying to not steer you away from music but not encourage you because it's kind of you know a, a difficult pr profession um nah he he did say when i once i graduated he goes do you want to go down this road because it's not going to be easy and i said i have to you know there, there's no choice and um you know, he, and he never did. He never did push me to do music, despite you know the whole family um, genes and the whole all musical. Like even my cousins too. Like everyone's so musical in this family, but he never did say, "Hey, you want to try to learn this? You want to you know want to learn that?" You know, he let me find it myself, and I mm. think he was just happy to just to see that. You mentioned uh, going to get a kamaka then in the early days. Uh, what gear do you use now? Oh man, I use a bunch now. I mean, obviously, I got my my Kamaka that I take out once in a while. I have a Joji Yoshida Custom that's really good. Uh, I've been playing. One of my favorite is uh, Rebel Ukulele. I use the the low low G Mango for my low G, and then um, play a little bit of a Nui Nui. We're good friends with them. A little bit of Enya. So yeah, I play. I play a bunch. I think my collection's up to like sixteen now. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. You're getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how connected then are you to Maui and to Hawaii in general? Um, you know, this is Hawaii's been my home for twenty, oh my gosh, twenty-nine years now. It's pretty pretty hard to believe. And um, you know, I always go to Oahu. I know almost all the ukulele players over there. So whenever we when I go over, we always hang out and it's just it's really cool because, you know, a lot of my ukulele peers, you know, people that I um, I look up to as well, you know, you know, they're great musicians. So whenever I get to sit with Kalei Gamiao, Kori Fujimoto, you know, it's just like we always have such a good time bouncing ideas off of each other and just hanging out as friends as well. And it's just that's the cool thing with the ukulele community. 
is that you know like you can know about each other and then once you meet there's like you know there's not really ego like how it is with other instruments it's very inviting so it's just like oh i've seen you let's jam and then after that we're you know you hang out with the person really really positive um ukulele people are very positive i like that yeah me too it's incredible i mean going back to the 90s when i i started playing when i was about 11 in which would be well, i'm gonna age myself here 1991 and God, uh, and I was living in South Africa at the time, so there was absolutely no ukulele playing going on, <laughs> except for me and my oh, step granddad. Uh, so yeah, it, and then but once I finally found you know ukulele people, it was just an, amazing to to meet them and and jam with them and everything. It's it's incredible. That ukulele is just something special, you know. It's just like it's not intimidating, like, you know, per se, like a violin or like a, a big piano, you know, you take it anywhere. It's very portable. And someone would just say, you know, oh, can I, can I see that? You know, versus like a violin is just like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to let a, a stranger uh, play your Stradivarius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about uh, songwriting then? Uh, I mean, even from your first album, you did a lot of your own original material. How do you go about writing a, a song? You know, I always say that songwriting is probably one of the most difficult aspects of music. You know, you don't have a recipe. Like when I arrange stuff, you know, I know what I know what to follow. I know all this. But when it comes to songwriting, and this is something I used to struggle with in high school, I almost quit ukulele because I couldn't, you know, find my identity and and uh, start writing songs. But you need, you know, you need a little bit of music theory to understand how chords work. For me, you know, I really... When I when I get into songwriting, I it's it's really really fun because I always I always try to do new things and if something sounds like something I've done before, like I'll scratch it right away. I'm like, okay, let's try low G now. Let's try different tunings. Let's try my pedal board. So like I'm always trying to find different ways to make things interesting, especially with uh, compositions. But um, yeah, pretty much once you get a little idea and that's catchy. And for me, I don't get it in my head. Some people say, oh, you know, I heard something. I heard like a, a little line, you know, and then they'll put on ukulele. For me, it's more like I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting outside. Usually it's outside because that's where I'm more, most creative. And then I'll, I'll come across something I like. And I'm like, wait, let's, uh, let's expand on it. And then it just kind of builds from there. But Songwriting is probably one of my favorite parts about music. Yeah, mm. I need to get back on it because I haven't wrote, I've wrote a song like, I think it's been a few months, so I need to get back into it. Do you have a, a favorite original song to play at the moment? <laughs> that is a very hard question. <laughs> favorite song to play at the moment? Um, I have a lot of new ones, uh, new originals off the new record. And probably one of my favorite ones is probably... I like Evolve, that's a high-energy rock tune, and then also Showdown with the Scorpion, which is the alternate tuning that I use. It's kind of like Dadgad on a guitar, but with the four strings. And writing that song was pretty ridiculous because I lost my map, right? You know, I'm used to this GCEA, oh, there's the B note, there's the C note, but once you start messing with the tuning, it was kind of like being, like, 10 again or <laughs> yeah, 14 again when I first learned. And I just had to rely on my ear. Does this sound good? And I wanted to make it as technically difficult as possible. So I, that's a piece that's one of my favorites and I'm the most proud of. Cool. Now, you started teaching during the pandemic. So my question there, the first question is, why hadn't you taught before? Because a lot of ukulele players do teach as an adjunct, I guess, to their performing. 
Right. And um, I mean, I've had students in the past like that. And I was always so fixated with performing because performing is my number one passion. I love, you know, getting in front of a crowd and, you know, just telling, sharing my music and just connecting everybody together with positivity. I love that. I love that. You know, traveling, touring, that's what I do. That's what I've been doing all these years. And so when the pandemic started, all my tours got canceled. And I'm like, dang, this is this is tough. So, you know, there was like Zoom workshops and then like live streams. And so I just one day I just I put oh Skype lessons, you know, who wants to sign up? And then I started getting a bunch of students and I said, you know, this is, you know, I'm starting to enjoy this. I started enjoying the process of helping people connect dots. So now perform or teaching is one of my passions, just like performing now. I think the reason why I didn't like uh, teach before, maybe like five years ago, is because I lacked the knowledge to teach. So that's why I wasn't, I wasn't really confident at the beginning of the pandemic. I really got into learning again, music theory, techniques, because I always try to strive to evolve. You know, I always get really insecure when I'm stuck at a certain level. So with the new knowledge gained, I started, you know, sharing that with my students and I started connecting the dots and they started, they, was, they were really enjoying it. And I, and I just thought it was about last August, like, you know what? I should put this all together so I can help more people uh, through an academy. So I, that's pretty much, you know, downloading all the information here and putting it there. So for people to learn, because I want people to learn the um, the easy, I wouldn't say easy, but think smarter, not harder. I like to put it. Mm. That's kind of my approach to teaching is, you know, you don't have to go buy the book all the time. You know, I like to skip you know learn what's 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 what pertains to your specific journey that's how i teach my students you know but like what do you want i'm not one of those teachers who just you know like i said open a book and say okay we're starting from chapter one no matter what your intentions level or desire is about what people want individually and say okay how are we going to help you well that leads perfectly into then uh, tell us about the andrew molina ukulele academy yeah, so the Andrew Molina Ukulele Academy, I just released it. And it's a, it's a library of about over 80 HD videos spanning from topics like, you know, improvisation, obviously techniques. Um, I really like the, the habits and mindset part because no one really talks about, you know, mindset when it comes to ukulele. Usually it's mainly, you know, strumming, picking, and, and the craft itself. But the mental side is like 60% of it, so... I teach good habits for that found that uh, strong foundation, and also I'm helping developing up your ear too. What are your best tips for a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced player? Ooh, that is a good question, Cameron. I would say so for beginners. That's a stage where you want to instill good habits, and um, you want to have the proper mindset. So at the beginner level. Having a vision is very, very important because it tailors what you're going to need to learn for what you want to achieve, you know, and uh, do you want to just play with your friends? Do you want to get a degree in music? Do you want to become a performer? You know, do you want to become a teacher? Knowing that information is so overlooked. It's so important because if not, you're just going to be learning with no purpose and it gives you that purpose. And, um, you know, have an open mind as well, you know, and um, try to, I would say, start developing that musical intuition as soon as possible. So that's kind of your beginner. I mean, in, in addition to obviously 
um, the craft of strumming and basic picking techniques. Intermediate level, that's when I think people should start getting familiar with uh, their fretboard. And that's no easy task by far. That is one of the most intimidating things, especially once you see that sheet that has all these notes on it. But that's what I wanted to help people with through my academy. I formed quizzes and uh, an, e an easier method of starting to understand the fretboard slowly by starting in the shallow water and eventually going up to the, the deep end of the fretboard. Because let's face it, our ukulele came with 18 frets for a reason. So let's utilize the entire fretboard. And so fretboard uh, memorization is essential for intermediate as well as developing more advanced techniques, picking, strumming. And um, oh, another one is getting out of the habit of the set strumming patterns that were, you know, we've come to know, you know, down, down, up, up, down. You know, if you think that things need a specific pattern, you're going to have a really hard time, especially when you hear something on the radio. So that's why it's best to try to mimic what you hear using your own musical intuition. And that's an advice I would say for intermediate. Now advanced, advanced players, I would encourage you to learn more that music theory. I go over, you know, chord substitutions, chord knowledge, you know, um, utilizing major sevens, minor sevens, improve your chord vocabulary. And um, ear training is very, very essential to that level too. Because, you know, if you become again, you know, like, Tabs, tabs are good, but we can't be too reliant on them. Then we're, it's kind of like training wheels on a bike, right? If you become too reliant on, uh, I call it reciting tabs, not using them. Use it as a supplement. But if you're always used to having tabs or notation in front of you, you're going to be very insecure if you don't have that paper with you. And you won't be able to play from within. When you play or recite tabs, you're trying to, you're concentrating on the orchestration of how it's coming out. And sometimes it makes your playing very mechanical. So it's all putting feeling inside because that's what music is, you know, it comes from within. So with ear training, developing that musical intuition, and of course, maybe a little bit of improvisation, I think that will severely help um, in a dance player. And never stop learning. Just because you're advanced doesn't mean you can't learn. Perfect. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jake again as a, one of your earliest influences. Uh, who inspires you now? I respect and I, you know, I always look up to some of the other ukulele players, but for my main inspirations, they're mainly guitarists. You know, I love, mm. you know, I'm a big John Mayer fan. Listen to his stuff, practicing his licks, arrange some of his tunes. I like uh, Martin Miller, fantastic guitarist, um, Buckethead, Slash, mm. and... Um, Tommy Emmanuel, of course. There's, mm. Yeah, there's so many great uh, musicians out there. But yeah, mainly guitarists, I would say. No. Uh, what about your dream gig? Have you uh, have you played your dream gig yet, or is there something you'd you'd love to do in the future? I always, for me, I always set a new big gig goals. I guess my first my first goal actually through this last decade was oh to perform internationally. So my mm -hmm. first time I got to do that was in Tahiti in a theater. And so I was like, okay, check what's the next, what's the next big goal. And maybe it was to share the stage with Jake. And I got to do that in 2018. So I was very excited. Now the current goal is, um, I guess I just, I want to fill a theater up and perform. Mm -hmm. If it was like, maybe, yes, maybe someplace in Europe or something. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. Well, I'm sure you will. Okay. Well, Sort of final question then, what's, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? 
It doesn't have to be musical, just any kind of advice. The best piece of advice I've been given is probably always be a student. And uh, that goes a long ways because, you know, I've been around uh, lots of people who are learning. And then, you know, there's um, there's that saying, you know, don't be in the habit of thinking you know everything. or once Because once you hit that level of, oh, I know how to do that, that's when the moment you're not a student anymore. I don't like that term, you know, set in, set in their ways. You know, you hear that term a lot that really hinders your your potential of getting to that next level. So for me, like I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm always reading, I'm always learning. And, you know, it's funny because when I was in high school, I thought, you know, I thought I knew what I was doing. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to do that. And looking back, I could have grown a lot faster without that, um, that mentality. So, you know, if you're learning, you always be open-minded to learn even if it's something that doesn't interest you right away, because it's going to be very beneficial. Nothing bad can go from saying yes and learning something, something new, you know, never, mm. never settle and never plateau. And you can get that plateau by just saying, you know, I know it already. So you have to get your ego in check. A great piece of advice. I'm sure you have lots of other great pieces of advice in your uh, ukulele academy, which uh, I encourage all of uh, our listeners to go and check out. Okay, finally then, a uh, thing I call five favorites. So I'll shoot you five things and you shoot me your favorites. Color. Red. Animal. Uh, German Shepherd. Food. Uh, poke. City. Dublin. And word. Evolve. Fantastic. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for having a chat to me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Good to talk. Thanks very much for listening. Please subscribe to Ukulele Stories on your preferred platform so you never miss an episode, and give it a rating if you feel so inclined. To take us out, here's Andrew with his original tune, Showdown with a Scorpion. Until next time, I wish you lots of luck, and happy uking.